Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 412, 412. Uh, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, I have some quick takes, which my my darling loves, and you have a little discussion point on meaning. Yes. M-E-A-N-I-N-G. Boom. Boom. Drop the mic. Boom. Um, but I, I tried to remember what our mission statement was, sweetie, and I have the wrong one written down. Uh-oh. Making the world a braver place. Well, you keep... That's Brene Brown. I know. I know. Oh, I, oh, help me. Oh, okay. Compassionate. But that's not how it starts. Do you remember how it starts? I don't have it memorized. Well, this is what Brene's is. Well, all we have to do is... What we did is we took the structure of her sentence, but our, hers is about bravery. Ours is about civility and compassion. Making the world a, a more civil. Civil. I'm writing com- this down. Okay. Civil and We're compassionate just doing work while you guys are listening. world, right? Yep. Uh-huh. By doing work we love. Correct. With people we care yep. about in a way that is aligned with our values. Our values, our personality. Personality. And our way of living. And way of living. Check. I'll write that down. Good. So basically, we took the structure of hers, inserted our words, and also, like at the end, attached personality and way of living because, as we've said, there are certain things that people say, you got to go do this because if you do this, then everything in work will be so much better. But what if we don't want to do this? Yeah. That's right. Our way of living is I, I want to be at home most days. Yes, you do. And I'm not traveling this week. And I'm very, very happy about that. Yes, this is a good thing. Yay me. Um, so a few quick takes. Um, Saturday, you went out and had brunch with your girlfriends. And it was an unseasonably warm day in December in Chicago. Yeah, all weekend. My one daughter has finals coming up and she's a freshman. So she's kind of really kind of hitting it pretty hard. Uh Uh-huh, steady. So that left my middle daughter and my youngest daughter to um, kind of an open day, which was nice. Because we had our Zen Parenting Radio corporate party Saturday night. It was very corporate. It was very corporate. (laughs) Your sister came over yesterday. She goes, Kathy, I bet in a few years you guys will have 60 people at that party. And I'm like, I hope not. Well, you posted on Zen Parenting Radio Facebook page. And I think that there is a part of some people like, oh, well, they're just starting out and they wish that it was a big time employee filled party. No, they don't understand then. It will always be two people. Yes. we. And I don't mean that like we don't right. love our people. And we I work love with. the idea of building a huge corporation of Zen parenting and having a big, huge corporate party. But my no, sweetie, you. this is the yin and the yang. <laughs> Kathy just wants a two person in perpetuity. Like that's what you want. It's, it's, and we're going to talk about that in today's show about meaning. Like it's what I think people attach something to growth and to bigness that I don't attach to. Yes. And I, I have nothing, I, parties are great. And we've had, you know, a few hard holiday parties in the last couple of weeks and I like being with people. Um, but the Zen parenting holiday parties, you and me, yes. we go out to dinner and it's so fun. And we were home by seven. And that's even more fun. Do you remember how much our bill was? $28. I, I had a big lunch. <laughs> So when I have a big lunch, I'm not hungry for a whole entree, especially at an Italian restaurant. Yes. <clears throat> so we shared. We shared the big salad. The big salad. And we shared uh, the pasta, and I got yummy potatoes on the side. Yes. And you didn't drink wine that night. I didn't uh-uh. drink. So it was a $28 bill. That's a great holiday party, man. That's what Thirsty McSaveslot really digs that. And we had a nice waitress, and we, you know, it was Nice. Yes. I I was happy. So anyways, so during the day, it was an open day. So I I decided that we were going to, me and my two daughters, we're going to get outside. And there's this term that we use. um, It's a Japanese term. And I don't even know the Japanese um, words for it, but it's a forest bath. It's translated as a forest bath. It's when you go in the forest and just kind of be with nature and Breathe and do some mindful walking. You and all absorb that. it. Absorb it. And there's studies that have done, and the Japanese people have done studies, and they have realized that it brings anxiety down, it brings stress levels down, immunity levels immunity up. Immunity levels up. So um, I knew one of my daughters was going to resist it. 
but I didn't give her a choice. It's not like I said, you must do this, but I was kind of silly and fun and, and all that. And, um, you know, she resisted it, but it's one of those things, like we talk about what Rob Bell said at our conference last year, which was say yes as often as you can with your kids to make your nose more meaningful. So this Saturday, you know, she's like, no, I want to stay home and do other things. And I was basically like saying no, because we say yes to our kids a lot. And interesting, I don't even know if you really said no to her about anything. All you said is, symbolically, we're go do I this. said no. Symbolically, but. Right. But I said, no, this is what we're doing. Um, and so we did. And what was not necessarily surprising, but once she got out there, she was grateful. She's like, this is so great. And she, we took a camera and she's taking pictures of the leaves and, you know, squirrels we saw rustling around and it was really, really good. And I was just, and here's the other thing. My, uh, kind of mode is to kind of do it even beyond its time. So like, I want to stay out there for two and a half hours, but what my goal was, was to make sure they wanted to do it again. So mm. I cut it off mm -hmm. early. Smart. Oh my gosh. So smart. Before it ended. So that's my words of wisdom to the parents out there is, you know, sometimes, you know, there's part of me, I'm like, I finally got them out here. Let's stay out as long as we can and take like a, a, a two hour nature walk. And instead we we're out for 45 minutes and they were fine with that. And they were ready to come home after the 45 minutes. And I think it will be more likely to get them back out there again, because I cut it off early to me, probably it was right on time for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, And I think that that is, it, again, a misnomer. It's kind of like you need this many people at a party, this feeling that if you're enjoying something that you have to make it last for so long. Yes. And instead of just being like, that was really good and let's just in appreciate our experience rather than extend, extend, extend. Yes. I think that's kind of a misunderstanding too. So that was my first quick take. The second take is uh, after our Zen Parenting Corporate Party, we didn't know what to watch. And I guess for <laughs> listeners out there, um, we're not into like Game of Thrones, even though we know it's probably an amazing show, but it's just um, violent, dark, betrayal, all that stuff. It's just not our thing collectively. Like I think I probably have a little bit more tolerance for it than you do, but it's no fun to watch it if you're like suffering. Well, it. and let me just say this. Were, were you on your quick takes? Were you going to talk about Star Wars? No, that was a whole nother thing. Well, and I, I'll just say this here. So we, t Todd is going to talk about this show or this, these shows that we're trying to figure out how to watch. But in between there, we went to see Star Wars on Friday and I really thought it was great. And I Yes, absolutely. Todd did too. Uh, it's called the uh, the Last Jedi. I think it was very well done. So intense and so much in that movie. But what I want to say is, when I watch that movie, and I don't think I'm alone. There's so much going on emotionally and um, m sound, music, intensity. That when I'm done with that, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. Like I actually had a headache. Like I was like, and, and it was worth it to me because I wanted to see it. But why I'm inserting this now is this is a reason why I don't want to watch Game of Thrones every night. Because I, you'd have a headache every correct. single time. So go on. So uh, you were at breakfast with a girlfriend and she's like, have you heard of this show called Gypsy? Right. With who are the actors? Uh, Naomi Watts and Billy Crudup. And it was- well, we, we really like him and yeah. I like her too. And it was, it was pretty good. Um, it was worth continuing on. We watched three episodes. Well, she said, she's like, my girlfriend's like, I think you'll like it because it's about a therapist. And this therapist, she's kind of not- She's uh, a little messed up. She, well, she's she's not connected to her own life. She She's still dealing with um, her own stuff. And I will tell you that, and I'm saying this as a therapist, so I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but most of the time therapists become therapists because they're figuring out something of their own. I would love to say that therapists are like, no, it's just for everybody else. Yeah. But- most of us go to school because we're trying to figure out something of our own life. Um, right. And she kind of hasn't done that yet. So she's diving into her, her, um, what are, what are they called? Her clients' lives too intensely. Yeah. And I think that's an understatement. So we watched three episodes, which is about three hours of yeah. an investment of Two our and time. Half, yeah. And we did decide that we were going to keep on watching it. Uh -huh. So you Googled it just to find out what the deal was. And we found out <laughs> it that it's already, already been canceled. So we invested all this time. We're like, okay, we chose. <laughs> 
Because we're we always have such a hard time choosing. Right. Well, I like to kind of search around and then for like a half hour, and then we just get tired and watch like a Modern Family or something. Totally. Like that. Or like we're like let's watch Friends. So we want to like commit to something. Yes. And which is rare for you and I. Yes. We're like, all right, let's just finally commit to a show. So we did, and then we found out that. It's already been canceled, which is weird because it was pretty good. Well, and there was something about that just this year, because Netflix is changing a lot of its programming, that they were a little more quick to cancel some of their shows Mm. and that it was a shock to the people the people on the show. Because look at the talent on this show. Like, you know, Blythe Danner's Mm. in this show. Like... We were like, oh, it's not that we thought it was so incredible, but it was building to be good. Because all of a sudden you're starting to care about people, right? And you're starting to – like they had so many themes. So any show you have to invest a little time. And after the first season, you're usually like, okay, I'm in. And they're not going to give it that time. No, no. So for those of you listeners that have a good suggestion, email us. Because our favorite shows of all time, I'll speak off the top of my head, are Friday Night Lights. Yes. Lost. Yes. What else? Stranger Things. Stranger Things. So if you have anything that you think we would like, the let us theme, know. The thread that runs through the shows that Todd and I tend to like is I'm okay with conflict, obviously, because yeah. everything has conflict. And I'm okay with uh, if there's a little bit of violence, obviously a little bit of, you know, sexuality, whatever. It's not that it has to be so clean, but there has to be some warmth. There has to be some, like the thing about Friday Night Lights is like, it was intense and people didn't always make great choices, but the people, the heart of them was really good. Same with loss, same with Stranger Things. So that's the, that's the thread I'm looking for is I don't like, like I've done The Sopranos. I've done, what are the other shows that are Shameless. Well, no, we haven't done it, but that is like, I think from what I understand about it or Breaking Bad, these are stories where like everybody's horrible. Well, and Shameless, interestingly, because I can't, people who are listening. Yeah, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. But I've heard that you do fall in love with these people. Oh, really? So we might be able to do that. I just heard it's just an off, like just a, just an awful depiction of human nature. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. So don't give us those because we know Breaking Bad is probably an amazing show, but we're not going to watch right. it. Right. Like just that in, that intensity without the warmth. So yes. I need a little bit of sun. Speaking of like inspirational things, uh-huh. um, somebody on our team, Zen, suggested a podcast called Without Your Permission. And it's a brand new podcast. And it's these two men who I think live in L.A., and you haven't heard it yet. No, I, you sent it to me, but I haven't listened. And I listened to the first episode and I was pretty inspired. And uh, I, I, because these guys are brand new, I don't think they get a mo- whole lot of uh, listenership yet. And I just want to throw it out there because these, these two guys um, grew up in a really tough environment. They spent a lot of time in jail. One guy, one of the podcast hosts spent a lot of time in jail for attempted murder. Wow. And he spent, um, let's see... Um, did a year in the hole. Now, I don't know what the hole is. I think it might be solitary confinement. Solitary confinement, confinement, yeah. And these guys have this hope for human nature. Mm. And like one guy said, um, his mom got arrested when he was five years old. And people are like, well, why don't these people call the cops when they see something bad happen? And the guy was telling a story. He's like, the reason we wouldn't call the cops is because his memory is when the cops show up, they arrest your mom. So I say that because... Even through all the sludge that these guys have lived through, and they're, I, it's, I think they live together, mm-hmm. and between them, they're, they have eight kids from I don't know how many different moms, but they all, all the kids and these two people, I think, these two guys- Take care of these kids? Take care of these kids. Wow. Which is so the opposite of what you're used to hearing, yeah. single moms and all that. So anyways, I just want to give these two men, I don't even remember their names, and, and I'm going to listen to more of it. A shout out. It's called Without Your Permission and check it out. What does that mean, Without Your Permission? I have no idea. Interesting. And it's explicit. So this is not something you can listen to in the kitchen with your kids. Like it's F-bombs left and right. Okay. Like the, And the other reason I want to bring this up is one of our favorite uh, teachers is a guy named Brian Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a book called Just Mercy. Mm-hmm. And one of his themes is that one of the steps towards compassion and empathy is proximity. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have the capacity nor the desire to live in South Central LA. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a safe way for me to understand 
what these two men have gone through. Mm -hmm. So it's just a vehicle towards proximity. Yeah, well, and that's what great journalism and great uh, literature does for us, is it allows us to step into other people's shoes. Like Todd said, we can't live everywhere at once. We can't we can't live across the world. We can't live in different states. You know, we some of us can. People who have wanderlust who really want to experience it themselves, that's why they that's why they travel and do what they do is to experience other people's lives. But for those of us who cannot, this is what a great podcast or a great book or a great uh, journalistic article can do for us. Yeah. We can actually have some understanding that, again, this is going to sound like everything we always say, we're all the same. same we all same. have the same you know, desires and needs and interests, and we're built the same way, We, but we have different experiences. And then we have different ways of experiencing our experiences. And it sounds like these men took their experiences and they've turned it into hope for humanity. Exactly. Exactly. So before we get into meaning, uh -huh. I do want to talk about Team Zen. Okay. Team Zen is our um, monthly subscription that we do two calls, virtual calls, where we have a teaching point and then we just kind of have a dialogue with our listeners. Right. And it's more than a call. It's actually a Zoom. For those of you guys who know Zoom technology, I find it better than Skype, but we're right there. It's a video so chat. So it's a video chat. And it's so simple. Like for those of you who are like, I don't understand how that works. You literally click a link. It is not a challenge. So we have a new Team Zen person. Her name is Melissa Burns. Hi, Thank Melissa. you, Melissa. Um, and this is just um, a quick bullet point of what we talked about on the last Team Zen. Okay. So it gives um, our listeners an idea of what it is about. Um, and this was all in one Team Zen. So we were kind of all over the board, but it was a good thing. What to do when both your children want attention at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, my child might get a computer for Christmas. Are there any pre-written guidelines? Mm -hmm. That was from Millie. Uh, monitoring screen time. Mm -hmm. That was the third bullet point. And these are discussions we have with our listeners. Uh, how do we balance aging parents, young children, and staying connected to our spouse without losing ourselves? Wow. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, issues regarding our 12-year-old daughter, difficult topics, uh, tone of voice, disrespect, which we all can probably relate to if we have, you know, kids, boys or girls that are in that uh, age. Uh, my daughter told me she's bisexual. How do I support her? Mm -hmm. um, last two, my older son isn't uh, always patient with his brothers. How do I help him or his brothers without missing the old times when they when they all got along? Yeah, about grieving what was. So it's just kind of a quick, um, you know. And it, let me say this for people who listen to the show. The reason we created Team Zen is probably many, many reasons. But the two reasons were, number one, we get a lot of email from people with questions. And we, for a long time, have done our best to answer them or answer them on the show. But we can't keep up. And we also, it's hard to, and, and I'm sure you guys will understand, but when someone writes an, uh, us a question, that's a whole like hour sometimes of having to like figure sure. out and write back. And, and that's difficult. So we created this um this team where not only we can support you, but other people can. And it's also for people who say you guys do all these things in Chicago, but you never, you know, I can't see you in Chicago because I live in New York or I live in, you know, England. And this is a virtual community where we are, it's like having two events every month um, and, and more than that, because we have the community page. We talk on that too. So, you know, that's for those of you who want that little extra thing, because I know some of you, live in places where you feel like there's nobody around you who thinks similarly. It's not that you don't love everybody you live around or you don't find them to be valuable. It's just that maybe their parenting style is different or you can't seem to bring up the same kind of topics with them. And I know that feeling because that is why we started everything we've started. You know, that's why we started Women's Circle or I did. And that's why I started, we started doing this show is you want to find like-minded people. So that's what Team Zen is about. Um, so if you're interested, go to our our webpage, zenparentingradio.com, click on the Get Zen button on the upper right-hand corner, and then there's a drop-down, and it just says Join Team Zen. And I think it has a video, a silly video of us talking and what it's about and all that stuff. Um, so anyways, that's kind of the dealio. What is it that uh, you want to talk about regarding meaning? Well, I wanted to talk about, so we're still in December, you know, getting closer to the holidays and the we're actually in the holidays, but you know, the big days are coming up next week. And something that I've recognized in this month is that as much as we all attempt to slow down and to not do as much because it can become overwhelming and stressful, um, there are things that we choose to do. 
and we are willing to do certain things and willing to put in the effort or the time or the money. Um, and for me, I've realized that those are the things that I find meaning in is that I think some people just do things to stay busy or they're on autopilot. So they just say yes to a lot of things. And they're not thinking about what do I really want. But I was the reason that I was thinking about this today is I was re-listening to a podcast um, with Sean Acor. For those of you who don't know who he is, he's a researcher. He um, came from Harvard. He used to teach a class at Harvard about happiness, and it was the most popular class at Harvard, even more so than economics, Mm. which is why everybody goes to Harvard. And um, he is a happiness researcher. He focused on positive psychology with Martin Siegelman. And then he um, ended up kind of he, – he now has three books. He's, his third book's coming out in January. His second book, Beyond Happiness, is – I'm using it for my um, my classes this spring semester. I'm teaching Intro to Social Work at two universities this semester, and I'm going to use his book because it's not just about – like his first book was about um, – what was his first book called? The Happiness Advantage. Mm-hmm. That's what it was called. And he talked about that how we can cultivate happiness. And he also worked to redefine happiness because some of us have a misunderstanding. The second book, Beyond Happiness, is what we even do to get to a place to cultivate happiness. It's like stepping back into the research, which is what I want to help my students understand mm-hmm. because my students are going to become social workers. So it's one thing to help somebody with their problem in the present moment. But unless they change behaviors leading up to that issue, nothing will change. Yeah. They will keep doing recycling. They might get fixed temporarily, but nothing will stick. Exactly. They're, you're just basically solving a problem and then setting them free to do the – setting them free. It sounds like you – what I mean giving is them, that – uh, Putting them in a position to – Putting them in a position to – giving them the correct tools so they can actually make a shift if they choose to do so. And so I – you know, you know, backing up, I was listening to an old podcast of his. It was a Super Soul Sunday. It was on, you know, Oprah's, you know, Soul Series podcast, and he, she was replaying it. And he was talking about, you know, again, the definition about happiness is confusing because a lot of people connect happiness to pleasure. And happiness is so much more than just pleasure because pleasure is, you know, us eating like you know we went out to eat on saturday night and pleasure is enjoying that food right mm-hmm. but then when you're done it's done yeah and so, then sometimes you even feel bad because i had to unbuckle unbuckle my pants because i ate too much correct because you know what we did we forgot to say we went home and ate french silk pie french silk pie is the best who doesn't love french silk pie i don't know man it's so good and, and you compare french silk pie to like and i know i'm going to upset thanksgiving people but pumpkin pie is so bland well, it's seasonal. What does that mean? It's seasonal. It means that when you eat it, it reminds you of a time. Right, it reminds but, you of Thanksgiving. But from a pure taste standpoint, if you put up French silk pie versus pumpkin pie, they're in two different leagues. To me, yes. Anyways, to us, to me, and to anybody else who <laughs> is wants to be cool like I do. Well, and some our friend, we had a holiday party on Friday night. And she brought that to our house, and so we were so excited to yes. go home and eat more French soap pie. But anyway, but that's even a pleasure moment. See what I mean? Like you eat it, and then you're done. And if, like you said, if you eat too much, you don't even feel good about it. So the pleasure fades not only because you're done eating, but because then you change your mindset about what you should have done. Yeah. So. What he was talking about with happiness was that happiness is actually – he wants to – and I agree. I I really do believe that we need to bring together happiness and joy a little more because a lot of What's times – What's the difference between happiness and well, joy? Well, and this is kind of what he was talking about and what I'm kind of always working on in myself is – trying to figure out how I perceive them as different, but I don't know if they need to be. Um, why don't we just say that joy or happiness, and, and I'll give you Sean Acor's definition, and and then we can kind of talk through it. Okay. His definition is joy is, is striving toward our own potential. Mm. Okay. This is joy or happiness? Both. He, oh, they're he's both. trying to... He, what he's trying to do is not make happiness the pleasure thing and joy the more in-depth thing. He's saying, why don't we start to bring those two words together? Okay. Because if we do, then happiness – then, you know, he teaches a class on happiness and I try to too at, when I'm teaching. Like if 
if happiness is just pleasure, it, we're not going to get anything from that. So why not start to make happiness more like joy? And so this is just semantics, but why not build it with some depth and meaning? Yeah. So when people are talking about happiness, we're really talking about the same thing. Well, to throw another wrinkle in, I, you use the word content a lot. Yes, I and do. And I feel like that's kind of Sean Acor's newest book is about contentment means you can be content even though something bad is happening at the same time. Yeah, and for me, oh gosh, this is so is so like breaking it down. The the thing about the word contentment for me is that it has nothing to do with anything, meaning Ex- external factors. Nothing at all. Like one of my favorite quotes, um, I don't want to give this away because we're going to do a show about our favorite things of the year, but okay. I'll give it away anyway because okay. it's worthwhile. One of my favorite quotes of the year um, is, and I don't know if I came up with it or somebody else did, it doesn't really matter, but I've been saying it to myself for six months, is learning to rest in the middle of it all, mm. okay? And what that means is resting in the middle of it all to me means that nothing is ever done. So accept that. Things could be going not the way you want them to. A kid could be sick. Um, something didn't work out. Someone canceled on you. Um, you've got a load of laundry that you need to fold, whatever. But that in the midst of that, can you rest and find contentment mm-hmm. just in being here? And that's where my tree that I look at when I meditate really helps me because I just I, – I always think about that tree because that tree is just fine. Um with where she is and what she's doing and when her leaves are dying. Like I, 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 uh, you guys think I'm crazy. I talk to that tree a lot because like I watch it through the seasons and sometimes I wonder if it's sad. Like mm. I, I'm so close to it. I can see physically, it physically. Like it's, it's just beyond the window. The pane. window, right. So I can see its leaves. And I remember in the fall, it was in September, I think, I noticed that the leaves in the middle started to turn black. Mm. And at first I was like worried about our tree. Mm. And then I realized that's it's decay. It, those yeah, leaves are happens. dying. Right. But I've I've only seen them go from color or from green. like green to then brown and right. crumply. Right. And I didn't realize how they just kind of You saw it in its transitionary I period. I did. And I, I wondered, is it like sad? And and which is putting human feelings on a tree. But I do believe the tree can absorb things that are going on. But it, it it's here's the thing. You guys are like, oh my gosh, Candy, stop. <laughs> um it it is accepting. Yeah. It is content. Well, if not if nothing else, it's going to teach you something. Right. And and I think that's why it's there. I think why a forest bath, like going back to your thing, the reason it's important is what you do is you go into nature and you get a different perspective. Like the tree isn't like, darn it, it's fall. Mm-hmm. The tree's like, here I am. And I will lose my leaves. And there's a beauty in the loss of the leaves. And there's a beauty in the hibernation. And there's a trust in the in the wind. Mm-hmm. And there's a trust in the snow. Um, and there's a trust. It's a you. They teach us how to find contentment, even when the outside world may tell us that's bad. Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. You know, like. And that is that to me. That was a that was a you know going down a different path when you said about contentment. That's what I think about contentment. Um, Which is a little different than joy to me. Right, right. So the tree's content. Yeah. yeah. Don't you think? Even though it's losing its leaves. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Because it's all purposeful. The, the tree is not like I only want to be a summer tree. Right. <laughs> right? Well, and I get the same lessons from Smokey the Rabbit. Right. We have a rabbit and the thing just sits there. And I, I'm, I'm falling deeper in love with that rabbit every day. And it's weird because... They don't cuddle with you. They don't jump and lick your face like dogs do. They're just there. She'll sit with you, though. She'll sit with you if you allow her to come to you. But if you go after her, then she'll be like, dude, get out of my space. Well, and you know why the rabbit is so important to me as like a little Zen master Buddha is because it's exactly – it's all the lessons we're trying to teach. Like, you know – and again, I, I love dogs. So this is not about get a rabbit instead of a dog. So I love dogs. We just can't do it. And we can't do cats because we're allergic to them. I, not we, I and my sister, my daughter, JC. But here's the thing. I've loved that my girls have had to learn about this rabbit's rabbitness because that then teaches you, if you incorporate that lesson, about everybody's rabbitness, meaning 
the girls are like, this is what I want from a pet. I want to squeeze it, pick it up, love it, hug it. I want it to do what I want. That's not what rabbits do. No. You, you have to respect the other and then you can form a relationship with this rabbit. See, I feel very connected to that bunny because there's I know what that rabbit wants and doesn't want. Not all the time. It can it still tells me in in like, you know, shooing me away with its back leg. But there are times when it's like you just can't you gotta be calm when you come toward that rabbit. You have to be in her view. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want you coming from behind or mm-hmm. else she's like, see yeah. ya. Her her DNA is one that she is prey. Correct. And gets spooked very easily. And if you are loud, she's like, I don't want to be near you. She you have to meet her at her energy level. And there's something very powerful about that yeah. as a as a teaching. Well, as a parent with your kids. And you're screaming at your kid because he or she is doing something you don't want. Of course, your kid's not going to respond the way you want him or her to because you're not matching up with what that child needs. And you might be exaggerating. You might be increasing the energy level so much that they're like, I'm not going into that, you know? So, you know, and again, I think you had cats. Cats are like this a little bit too, right? Uh, I think cats are between a rabbit and a dog. Yeah. Uh, I think dogs are um, have much more personality, although cats have personality too. A little more human, too. yeah. Um, but uh, dogs, I think, are much more concerned in making their um, their people happy. Yeah. And I think cats are like, whatever. Whatever people. I, I'm not too worried about your <laughs> happiness, but if you want to help me be happy, the cats will be more than willing to accept your love and tenderness. I'm going to lick my paw. Yeah. <laughs> Cats are kind of fun to and watch. I've said this a million times on this podcast, but that rabbit, I'll leave in the morning, I'll come back seven hours later, and it hasn't moved. <laughs> it's like it, it would bury anybody in a meditation contest. Put it up against Yoda, the Dalai Lama, doesn't matter. That rabbit is better than any other being. Well, and what I love about uh, is something that Red Door... So just to shout out to where we got this rabbit in Chicago, there's a... Um, it's an actual, what's the word I'm looking for? A shelter. A shelter and they focus on rabbits. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not many places no, in the I United think it's States. probably the only one in the city of Chicago. Oh, for sure. Right? I, I'm sure there's other shelters that maybe take them in if they have yeah, to. Yeah, but this is a rabbit shelter. This is a rabbit shelter. It's called Red Door, and they are so fantastic. And we, I stay connected to them. Like, like I saw a rabbit on their... Um, Facebook page and I was like I love that rabbit mm-hmm. and I'll email them and be like is that because it's a whole nother thing but girl rabbits can only be they can't be with another girl rabbit they're territorial so we can't get another girl rabbit but we could get a boy rabbit anyway I love red door and they are when whenever they um one of their rabbits is going to be adopted and you know I've been there several times when when rabbits are being um loved and possibly adopted, they say things like, you know, you're going to go on to the good life. You're going to go live the good life. Mm. And so I always think about that because why they don't need much, but the good life is freedom Mm -hmm. because these rabbits need to live in these cages in this shelter, which they're being treated so fantastically. But there's still 30 of them in a small area. And the good life to, I think, the people at Red Door is... You get to be loved. Yeah, you get the attention that you deserve. You deserve. Yeah. Exactly. And you get to and it's not like, oh, now you're gonna get a bunch of treats and food. It's the good life is the the meaning and the relationships. Well, and that rabbit has freedom in our house. It frumps around with its three legs. <laughs> yeah, it's missing and leg. you know, we just let it it's like a cat. It just kinda of frumps around the house. Now not every house is set up to be able to do that and you and know, not everybody should get a rabbit. And not everybody should get a rabbit. It's not for little kids. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because yeah. their busiest time of the year is right after Easter because right. people will get it thinking that it's a good idea, realize it's a little bit of work, and then they just set it free, which it has no capacity to fend for itself. Yeah. So domestic then, rabbits can't live outside. So then somebody will spot like a domesticated rabbit and call Red Door. And so Red Door will send out the troops to go find this thing. I know. And they do more often than not. I can't believe how they find these rabbits. They'll be like rabbit spotted at Damon and whatever. <laughs> and they'll like put out an alert and people will drive over and find this rabbit. And so some of you may say, how do, how can they tell wild from domestic? You can tell. Oh, well, they're experts. They're Well, they're experts. And I even think most people can yeah. tell. I mean, maybe there are some like Smokey's a brown, yeah. dark rabbit. So she might be... Um, but she's got lop ears, so she, you would never think yeah. she was a, a wild rabbit. But my point is, talk about meaning. Like I, I'm, I, we're switch, we're all over the place here, and I don't know how we got here. But 
imagine, you know, you are focused on taking care of these animals. Um, and, and Red Door also has cats and a few dogs. But, and then you get a call and they say, there's this rabbit that's freezing and we need to find it. And you drive your car over there and you look around and you find that rabbit. That's meaningful. Mm-hmm. And that's my point of what it is. I started by saying the holiday season and meaning. If what you're doing on an everyday basis is helping you to feel like what you did was important, valuable, and meaningful, then that is a success. Mm -hmm. As a total side example, yesterday um, I took the girls to – is everything okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yesterday, I took the girls to see Wicked, and um, which I love. This is like our fourth time going. It's you know a very important music to us, very important show to us. And as you guys know, who live in Chicago, driving downtown Chicago on a Sunday right before Christmas has its own share of challenges. Not just traffic, but parking and people and craziness. Now, if I was going downtown Chicago to do something that was not meaningful to me, that I was doing it for other people or doing it because I thought I should, I would be very frustrated by that experience. But because there is meaning in that choice, because I'm doing it as a connection between my girls and I, because that music is meaningful to me, I am willing to make the effort. And not only that, I feel good about the choice afterwards, even with the challenges it had. Mm-hmm. So that's just a metaphor. You know, not, it, you know, joy is not about going to a musical. It's that is how I gauge during the holiday season what it is that we're doing and why. Mm-hmm. Do you find meaning... And are you striving toward that meaning and that, you know, potential of your own to connect with other people? If you are, then it's worth your time. And again, it's a it's not just about the holidays. Like, are the choices you are making during the day with your children, with your spouse, are you are they meaningful? Are they taking you toward your potential? Or even if they're difficult and hard and you have to really dig in, that's when you'll know joy. It's not about life is filled with joy if it's easy and everything goes my way. Right. You can have challenges and difficulty, but if it's moving you toward where you want to be and who you know yourself to be, it is joy-filled. Yeah. Well, and another way of saying it is... Uh... Can you be uncomfortable and okay at the same time? Yes. I mean, it's just kind of another way. Can I play a quick, uh, quick little spot here? Please. I'm through with playing Did she sing this yesterday? Yes, sweetie. If she didn't, I think people would have been upset. Too late for second guessing. Too late to go back to sleep. It's time to trust my instincts. Close my eyes and leave. It's time to try to. What was there that? goes my computer. Oh, my computer just shut down. Well, good good news. Um, you know what? Can we be uncomfortable and okay at the same time? But can are we're not taping? Are we? Yeah, it's still it goes through this thing and not that thing. No way. So we're still going. So this is a perfect example. My computer just totally crashed. I have a blue screen and it's giving me a whole bunch of different things. Really? Yeah. So it's just yet another lesson. But yeah, we're still recording. But is this show still filled with meaning? Are we still going toward what we want to go toward? But the best part of uh, the song didn't come, sweetie. I know. So that means I'm going to be mad at everybody today. (laughs) And start screaming at people. <laughs> hey, this is a good time for me to talk about our partner, our one partner for the week, canvaspeople.com. It's almost Christmas, everybody. And um, I think you have to use expedited shipping, but you can still get it. So what's Canvas People? It's a photo to Canvas um, uh, website. 
So upload all your pictures from your phone onto canvaspeople.com and then they will uh, in turn turn those photos into a beautiful canvas that you hang up on the wall. So you cannot beat it. Um, so here's the deal for Zen Parenting listeners. Go to canvaspeople.com, enter the coupon code ZEN and it'll turn and you get the 11 by 14 canvas and it'll turn it from $69.99 down to zero. All you do is pay shipping. So uh, it's a wonderful gift. It's a good idea for uh, the holiday season. So check it out um, and enter the coupon code ZEN and they'll take care of you. So that's the deal. Um, and I have a lot of other things that I want to uh, talk about uh, regarding uh, the conference and things like that, but I don't I, want to intercept your your passion. Well, here, not sweetie. intercept, but inter, intercept is like a football. Stop it. Yeah. I don't, don't want to rain on your parade. Well, let me just finish this thing about meaning and, okay. and about um, joy and all these things are overlapping. And as you can tell, I, they're hard to kind of parse out and be like, here's one thing and here's the other because they all kind of blend into each other. But one of the things that Sean Acor was saying this morning or that I remember, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but just for all of you parents who are listening, who are very focused on school and education and grades and that you've made the connection in your mind that my child's grades and my child's um, ability to achieve and succeed is de- – or the, my my child's ability to succeed and be happy is dependent on their ability to succeed. Yeah. Um, intelligence is not happiness. And right. I and I'm saying that very like matter of factly. Like intelligence is not happiness. And and let me reiterate, the most attended class at Harvard is about happiness. And you've got the smartest people from all over the country and some people from all over the world going to this university and they're taking this class because they still don't know how to do this mm-hmm. thing. And and why that's important is we need to understand what is it that brings joy to ourselves first, we need to understand it in ourselves. And then how can we relay that to our children, to the people around us that we love? And I think that even though education is a big part of it, because we need to have an understanding of how the world works, and what we can do within the world to then find meaning. So education is very valuable. Again, we're not saying it's not, but you can't forget about the meaning. And you can't forget about teaching your children about the value of relationships. How do you do that? Through the relationship you have with them. Talking to them about their socialization, about their impact on other people, about their connection to other people, about why it's important to be kind to other people, how they go out in the world and treat strangers, not just people they know, not people they can get something from. Again, character is identified, built, and noticed by the way we treat people that we're not going to get anything from from. Okay. We don't just go out in the world and say, how can I get something? I'll be nice to you if you give me something back. Transactional. Absolutely. That is not what, you know, joy comes from. Joy comes from giving for the sake of giving and not asking for anything in return. That's right. You want to cultivate something in your, in your world, whether it be money, happiness, um, charity, you give it away and the universe will give it right back to you. That's right. In you, you feel it if something is meaning. And so this is the other thing is a lot of times I, I just know the reason I brought this up is I just saw something on Facebook the other day where someone was talking about something that their child loved to do. And I think it had something to do with picture taking or photography. And they were saying, my child's not doing well in school. And I told them that I'm going to take this thing away from them, Mm. this photography, if they don't focus more on their grades. And while I understand you're trying to find something that gets their attention, I understand what your thinking is. Don't – them having the the piece of their life that creates meaning – I'm not talking about video games and, you know, because some kids will say, the only thing I want to do is watch video games. That's not creating meaning. That's helping them numb out. But if it's something that they're doing that's active, that brings joy into their life. That's the last thing you should be taking. That's the last thing you want to take away from them to help them get their grades up. Because if they have the meaning and the sustenance and the ability to wake up and say, this is something I really enjoy, taking that away will not help them do better in school. And, And again, if... 
you can understand better what brings them joy. It might help you create some meaning in their education, like, you know, understanding that this course or this class or this understanding will help them do better with the thing that they find joy in. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you can do this, then that if you, you know, understanding literature will help you see things differently. It'll help you take pictures differently. You start to build meaning into what they're doing. Right. And you know, and you come at it that way rather than you need good grades because I said so. You need good grades because other people will think you're an honor student. You need all of that is shallow and meaningless to them and to me too. When, that's what I mean. You know, starting out when we we're talking about the show about the big, you know, Zen parenting party. That to me is like a pleasure. Like, look at me, and then it dies. Mm-hmm. And then you have to like keep building up the look at me. And I have never. No, that's not true. There have been times when I've been like, oh, that's, you know, these are certain things that I want. But the majority of the time, it's like eating a piece of chocolate. It doesn't sustain. Right. So what is it that creates meaning? Why? And then keep moving in that direction. Yeah. If that's about the holiday parties, if that's about your own business, if that's about when, even when I'm doing laundry. Last night I was folding laundry. I don't love to fold laundry, but you know what? There is something meaningful to me. Well, about my children having and you having clean clothes on Monday. I find meaning in that. <laughs> right. Well, and it reminds me of Ticknot. I read a uh, what's Ticknot? Peace is every step. Uh-huh. And he has a whole chapter on washing the dishes. When I'm washing the dishes, I'm thinking about what happened yesterday and what happened tomorrow or I'm listening to a podcast and I'm multitasking, I'm doing all these things. And Ticknot Han, who's a Vietnamese Buddhist monk who is an amazing human Teacher. being, um, he's like, when you're washing the dishes, just wash the dishes, mm-hmm. like focus on, on, you know, say you're not using a you're, whatever you're rinsing the plates off or you're scrubbing. Where is there meaning behind scrubbing the plate? Can you find the meaning in that? The it's, fact that you've got water coming out of the sink. Exactly. That's is there gratitude to be the fact that we can flip a little lever on our kitchen sink and all of a sudden water is there? Cold or hot? Clean. Clean? Are you kidding me? You go back to certain parts of this world today or go back whatever. Flint, Michigan. Yes. They're still using bottled water, people. Yeah. Do we know this? Their water is still contaminated. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a couple hours from Todd and I. Right. Um, so we need to, and again, not we need to. This is not a directive. This is a choice. Yeah. This is, you don't have to do this for me or for anyone else, or and you don't have to go tell all of your Facebook friends, look at what I'm doing. This is for your yeah. sense of purpose and meaning. If you like Todd's point, you can wash the dishes with a sense of mindfulness, where you understand and respect. Oh, I've got this brush, and look at how the food comes off, and look at this clean water, and look, I have a place to put it when I'm done, and that is a really deep mindfulness practice. Or I'm washing these dishes. Because what's meaningful to me is the meal that we just had together, the fact that tomorrow these dishes will be ready and that I will feel that I accomplished something, that I did something good for other people. You attach the meaning to it. You choose. And again, this is the other thing about happiness research. There are some people that because they attach a certain story and meaning to their everyday experiences, they feel more joy in their life. There are people that have even more extraordinary experiences or maybe have easier outcomes that don't feel any joy because they have attached no meaning to what they're doing. All they've looked for is pleasure, 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 pleasure. Am I getting my way? Am I right? Am I right? And that's why they don't have a depth. Yeah, You you have to attach the meaning. And the beautiful thing, the reason I can say this with some sense of, you know, like conviction, like you can do this, is the research, you know, the research that Sean Acor has done and that all these other positive psychologists have done is, yes, we have a, a disposition um, to for a certain kind of happiness level. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us come in with a certain predisposition. But on top of that, that's only a piece of it. On top of that, we can cultivate a practice of happiness and joy right. that every day we can do something, if it be a gratitude list or recognition of experiences or um, making sure we spend time with people that are important to us or choosing meaning 
to be like the story of meaning to be why we do things. Right. Like, why am I taking my girls to this musical? I'm not doing it because I think I have to or I'm supposed to or to demonstrate to the outside world. It's because it's meaningful to me and them and because it's worth, you know, that is something that brings us together. Another few um, vehicles is when you are in the shower, you know, most of us are already in our head of what we're going to do um, during that day. Yes. Or what is it that I'm worried about? When you're in the shower in the morning, you know, this is John Cabot's in. Just be in the shower. Right. Like feel the water on your body. Feel the warmth if you are into hot showers, which most of us are. My some uh, some friends of mine have been referring certain podcasts to me about the benefits of being cold. Yes. And how there is this um Jonathan Fields had uh, interviewed a guy named Will Hoff, I think is mm-hmm. his name. And he talks about how amazing it is for your body to be uh purposely put yourself in uncomfortable situations through cold and he's swam like you know half miles in ice water like he's just and anyways so well and we know this tony robbins does that yes, he, he jumps in cold and my nephew who we've talked about on the show a lot he's a he's a football player and they're they're a really good team and Whenever he would get hurt, yeah. which he did a lot, he would come the next day, they would submerge him in it, cold water. Yeah, an ice bath. <clears throat> His entire body. And so I'd say to him when I'd see him the next day or a few days later, how's your knee or how's this? And he's like, it, all Better. the inflammation went down. Yeah. Because it's, it, I mean, and you guys are like, well, how does that happen? Why do we put ice packs on our head or on our knee or on our back? And then, so then imagine submerging your entire body. Now that sounds to me like hell. Right. Like I don't want to get in cold water, but if, if like if I was Tony Robbins and I had a little cold water thing that I could just jump into, I think really if you had quick. a cold water thing, I still still don't think you would do it. Well, I don't think I would either. What if I lived in Florida and then when I got out, because he lives in Miami, right, or yeah, somewhere around? Yeah, but there. it's not a yeah, but it's not about like he's so hot. He wakes up in the morning very comfortable and he jumps in a sixty three degree ice bath or whatever it is. It's like some nitrogen thing. He jumps in the. But then does he jump in there and then do that and then go take a hot shower? Uh, I don't know. Because then I could do it. Right. If you know that there is some comfort. And to- if I knew, again, I'm very focused on meaning here. Again, the you guys, I'm bringing in a whole nother thing. Sometimes I don't, I feel like it's too much, but I don't care. I'm going to say this anyway. Okay. You guys know Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, right? We've talked about this on the show before. If you don't, she has a book called The Four Tendencies, Gretchen Rubin. There are four different things that, four different uh, ways that um, people tend to be motivated Upholders are people who are motivated by their own inner drive and external, not pressure, but external motivation. Um, Questioners, which is what I am, is someone who's motivated by something that is meaningful to them, Mm -hmm. something that makes sense to them. Rebels are people that don't want anybody telling them what to do and they're going to choose it for themselves. And then obligers are people who do things, they're motivated by other people. As a Is questioner, that what I am? no, no, you're, you're not obliger. You're an upholder. Oh, an upholder. You're motivated by internal and external. Oh, got it. Obliger is someone who's only does something like For an obliger outside. is someone who's like, well, I don't have time to work out in the morning, but if someone's meeting me, yeah. then I'll go. Hmm. They may feel like it's not enough for them to be motivated, but if they owe somebody else, it. it's like outside. But me as a questioner, if something has meaning, if someone was like jumping in that cold water every morning will decrease the inflammation, make you feel more alive, whatever, I will do it. I will deal I will deal with the discomfort. Sweetie? Yes. I have you taken a shower today? You already did. Yes. Research and science says that it's really good for your body to take really cold showers. I understand, but I thought it was about jumping into that big thing of water. Like just standing in a cold shower is not it, is it? I thought you had to submerge your body in a cold bath. Put it this way. It's, it, it, it's, it may not have the exact same impact, but there are benefits to cold showers. I still don't think you and I are going to do it. No. I don't want a cold shower. I want the cold, the submerging. Think about how hard a cold, submerging yourself in an ice bath is. I think a cold shower would be easier than an ice bath. I think it just sounds, and I'm not saying that it's a bad idea. I'm just saying, I don't know when my friend brought this up to me, I'm like, yeah, dude, I just think you're overthinking it a little bit. And he's like, no, just read the book, listen to the podcast. There are some benefits to it. Not some, there's amazing benefits to it. So listen to the Jonathan Fields thing. But again, ice bath versus shower. We're getting down to the details here, but a, a shower are you submerged? Like, is that doing anything or you just think you're doing something? I think the answer is it's healthier than a hot shower. Oh, well, especially now because with hot showers, it's so dry. 
totally. for us in Chicago. Oh, it's brutal. I'm willing to just put on a really good lotion afterwards. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, okay, so anyway. So let's move on. I wanted to, we have a, uh, one of our keynotes is a woman named Milk. And I found this on the Samantha B. Full Frontal uh, TBS show. She introduces yeah. Milk and it's just a, a quick blurb. And then uh, Milk goes into singing with the people that she sang with at the Women's March. Yes. So anyways, just take a quick listen. bone dry, my friends. Okay, that is a metaphor that needs some work. Actually, you know what? To hell with words. It was music that captured the spirit of the march in a viral video of young women from thousands of miles apart who connected and rehearsed online, then met in person for the first time at the march to lay down a protest anthem for the ages. And they're just getting started. Please welcome Milk, featuring the GW Sirens and Capital Blend. So I hate to cut this off, but it's like a four-minute thing, so we're not going to play it. But I just wanted to, for those people who are like, I don't know who Milk is, I don't know, this is one small example of who she is. Well, she, I think her name, her infamy, the reason she became famous was because of the Women's March, because yeah. of the song she sang at the Women's March, which is her song. She wrote it. Just like Samantha B said, she's the one who got all these women. They practiced online and then they sang it at the march. And that song is definitely still the one she's probably most known for. But she also does the, for those of you that see the Procter and Gamble commercial for the Olympics, the Ooh Child yeah. song, she sings that. That's her on those commercials. And um, then she has all sorts of her own music. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just so you know, she's pretty impressive. Yeah. I've seen her in person and I was blown away. Yeah. Um, so again, Milk will be at our conference March 2nd and 3rd, uh, 2018. You can get your tickets right now. You can also be a Zen friend and help other people who can't afford to go to the conference or can only pay a portion. Yep. You can be a Zen friend. Um, so speaking of Zen friend, we do have one Zen friend okay. for the week to, to give some gratitude towards Kim Hinson. Hi, Kim. Thank Th- you. Thank you, Kim. Um, and then uh, we also have a uh, one of our conference partners. There's good, at the conference. There's going to be people with tabletops in the back of the room, and one of them is a woman named Laurel Regan. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she is a coach, and she wrote a book. Um, I think specific. I sh- I, I'm sorry. Oh, it's how to raise respectful parents. Yes. Um, so she's going to be there. So for those of you who may have a business that you might be interested in being. Um, being a part of it, um, send me an email, Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. Do we have tables left, though? I think we have like one left, maybe. Okay. So if you, if you want to do a tabletop, it sounds like we have one left, but also there's a $500 level sponsorship where you it includes your ticket, right? Um, and you also can put your information in our bag that everybody who comes to the conference gets, and you would be on our website. And, you know, so there's a few, there's a few perks that go with even a really basic level. Um, then I'll, you can always come in and be like our the big level. Yeah. The gold and the, the platinum. The gold and the platinum, yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to partner with us on that. We're just really looking forward to that. And then uh, one quick shout out. I'm doing a uh, men's retreat, fourth annual men's retreat for my tribe men's group or any other men out there. Um, it's a three-day event, Friday, March 16th through Sunday, March 18th. If you're interested, uh, shoot me an email at Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com and I will um, send you some information on that. I always forget to mention that. So anyways, and we're, we already have, it's filling up. Um, so anyways. Um, I, that's, I actually have to go. <clears throat> we have to go. Oh, are you going with me? Yeah. Okay. We're going to go yoga it up. Mm-hmm. Um, any other last minute uh, things there, my darling? Uh, no, just that, you know, going into oh, this. Our uh, podcast um, on Christmas might be a little late or New oh, Year's. Something oh, like that. so this is for the week of what's today? The 20 whatever? Uh, today, today's the 19th. 19th. Today, we're taping this on the 19th. You'll listen to it on the 20th or later. And then the the podcast for the following week. No, next week it'll be on time. Next week will be on time, but January 2nd, a yes. Tuesday, 
it might be a little later in the day. Right. We'll still have one, but for those of you who like wake up in the morning and it's right there for you, it might not be there until like noon. Yeah. So it'll be there for your drive home. Yeah. So just chill. Yeah. We're trying to um, make sure that we take time for ourselves too over this break and we'll be doing a lot of driving and we won't be able to, we could do a podcast in the car. I'm sure that'd be great. Uh, probably not. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. We won't really do a podcast no, in the car. Thanks, everybody. Keep trucking and stay cool or stay warm. Take cold showers and then take hot showers. Yeah, give us a report back. Post on our Facebook page. Say, yeah, that was a good idea. Or Todd, Kathy, why did you tell me to do that? It was awful. And have a good week. Adios. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Are you a force for good? If so, then get your tickets now for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018, with Cheryl Strayed, Milk, and Mike Damish. When purchasing your tickets, consider becoming a Zen friend for our conference scholarship program. Let's make sure anyone who wants to attend can be there. Come see us. We look forward to having everyone in Chicago. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or at Amazon. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys on the phone, Skype, or in person. Contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life. First appointment's free. If you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out my men's group, thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link found on our homepage under Support Us. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And I want to give special thanks to two of our founding partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and they can be found at chirotree.com, and Avid, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, and that's avidco.net. They've been with us since the beginning. And to all of you, thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking. Thank you.